today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. need to see that, yeah, tribulations and trials come, yes, even when we're doing the perfect plan and will of God. All you need to do is read the pages of your Bible. You see this very thing happening to faithful prophets, to obedient servants, to dedicated apostles, Old Testament and new. Even following the Father's plan, trials are going to come. But again, like I said, I'd I'd much rather be in the place of God's leading when those trials come, then off on my own. Pastor David encourages you today to find the Lord's direction for your life. There is no substitute for following God's leadership so that you are in His will. Too often we act first and then ask God to bless what we've already done. Rather than starting off in our own direction, God must be sought first in prayer so that He is leading. This won't eliminate difficulty or testing of faith, yet it is better to walk with the Lord through pain than be separated from Him. And here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, Final Words. Well, as Paul is closing out the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, that's where we're at right now. We're in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. We touched on actually the first two verses of uh, chapter 16 last week. Uh, We want to kind of push ahead from there. Looking real quick, as Paul had talked in that first and second verse about, again, preparing and offering a gift that they were going to give, that all the churches of the Gentiles were pulling together to be able to send forward to the church there in Jerusalem. Paul told them, he says, hey, when you come together on the first day of the week, go ahead and you bring that together. Lay something aside, storing up as you may prosper, he says there in the second verse. Again, that no collection would be there when I come. Paul wanted that to be dealt with before he got there. And here's one of the reasons why, when we look at the rest of the next two verses, he says, when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. Paul, in essence, says, I want to be hands off on this thing. I want you to have full assurance that this money is going to the right place. So you guys look among you, and whoever you choose, those will be the ones that will take that gift onto Jerusalem. And then in verse four, he simply says, but if it's fitting that I go also, they can go with me. So he says, if it's okay with you guys, after you account for the money, after you appoint those that will be responsible for it, if it's all right with you, I can tra- we can all travel together. But Paul wanted to make very certain that the church there in Corinth understood he was not gonna be the handler of the funds. And 
you know, when I, when I read this, when I look at this, I definitely want to make certain that you as a fellowship, that you understand kind of what the financial, the fiduciary responsibilities we have in the leadership for the stewardship of the funds that you give to the Lord through the work of this ministry. You know what? Praise God. I have absolutely no idea what any of you give or what you don't give. We've made that a point since the very early days of the ministry. There's no reason for me to know. It, more than anything, it'd probably be a stumbling if I knew. So you know what? It's just really good for us in the leadership to have not a clue. Now, it gets taken care of with bookkeeping and, and all those kinds of things. But again, we don't have access to those records. We want you to know that as the Lord prospers the ministry, as the Lord again brings into this ministry, the funds that are brought here are dispersed in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord. We want him to be glorified in all of this because you know what? We are responsible. The leadership of this fellowship is responsible for the good stewardship of this fellowship. And if we get to where we're wasting funds and we're abusing funds, you know what? The first one that we stand before is God himself. But also we have to stand before you as a congregation and understand that some give out of an abundance. And we also just understand that some give, uh, again, just out of, out of just very little that they have, but yet they, they still want to honor the Lord in their gifts. It's much like what the Lord said when he was sharing with the disciples. They were there in the temple, and there was the rich man that came, and he paraded around, and he was blowing the trumpets and bringing everybody's attention to all that he gave and wanted everyone to know how much he gave. And yet there was a, a, a widow lady there, and she gave just a few small coins. And what was Jesus's response to that? Uh, she needs to give a little bit more? No. He says, you know, he gave out of his wealth. She gave out of her poverty. And it's actually a, a greater blessing that she's going to have because, again, for her, it was a sacrifice. And we talked a lot about giving last week, and we're not going to revisit that, but the understanding is that it's in the sacrificial giving that, again, the Lord is blessed or the Lord blesses us in our gifts and in our tithes and in our offerings. Now, let's move on. As Paul closes out this extended letter, he, he gives he still gives greetings, he gives correction, he gives encouragement, he gives these final, these parting words. Let's look at verse nine. He says, now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for, Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I'll remain or even spend the winter with you that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. What an awesome phrase that is, if the Lord permits. That seems to be the life call and, and, and the direction of the Apostle Paul, if the Lord permits or as the Lord permits or as the Lord directs. His overwhelming desire is to be found within the center of the Father's will at all times. And we see it so clearly, even as we look at the wording that he uses in this short little passage here. There in verse six, he uses these phrases like, and it may be, or that you may. Verse seven, 
I hope to stay, and if the Lord permits. In all of this, we see, we understand that Paul lived his life with this tentative understanding of the direction that he was headed, but he always wanted to be flexible enough that if the Lord showed him a different path, I'm not so set on going this way, I wanna hear the Lord. I want to hear when he said, here's the way, walk you in it. Or my child, turn to the left or turn to the right or stop right there. Paul wanted to be that kind of a guy in his life. And my hope, my prayer is that each one of us are that same way. That we don't get so headstrong in what we think we need to be doing that we're not willing to hear and listen to that gentle wooing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm the kind of guy that sometimes the gentle wooing of the Holy Spirit sometimes has to be preceded by the two by four of the Holy Spirit, okay? To kind of get my attention. I understand that. But you know what, I'm, I, I continue to strive to be that guy that hears, that, hears that, that soft voice of the Lord speaking. There's no doubt, Paul was a, a determined guy. He was a focused individual. We saw that before he got saved, man. He was in persecution of the saints, and man, he was gonna go up to Damascus, and he was just gonna wreak havoc among them there. That's the kind of guy that Paul was. Well, when he got saved, that's still the kind of individual that he was. I mean, he had drive, he had determination, but he wanted to make sure that he was also pliable and able to be directed by the winds of God's Holy Spirit within his life. How easy it is at times to be so busy, listen to this, so busy about doing good, allowing our plans and our programs which may be good plans and good programs, to suddenly get in the way of what the Lord really wants to do in our lives. Oh, we don't do it maliciously. I mean, after all, it did seem like a good plan. It seemed like a good program when we started looking, we started weighing all the things about it. And surely the Lord has to be in this thing. I mean, it's such a great idea I came up with, right? And no, it was just a good idea, but it, wasn't his idea, therefore it wasn't the best idea. A lot of times it's all too late when we suddenly see that although our plans, our directions seem to make sense in the world's view, our father had a totally different plan, a a totally different direction for us. In his earlier ministry or his earlier missionary journey, Paul had had this desire to take the gospel on further into the regions of Asia. And then we read in Acts chapter 16 how they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Think about that for a second. Paul wanted to go into Asia for the precise purpose of spreading the gospel message. He wasn't going on vacation. That wasn't the idea. No, he was going there to minister to the people further up in that region. A right heart, a right direction. Man, that's the call of God to go and preach and proclaim the gospel. But you know what? God had a different direction for him at that time. Paul had the right idea, but it wasn't the best idea, and it wasn't God's idea. So what happened? The Holy Spirit, it says, the Holy Spirit forbade him. He was forbidden by the, how does that work? 
How does that work that the Holy Spirit forbids you to do something? Man, I was on my way to Phoenix the other day and my car broke down or my battery was dead. Can that be the Holy Spirit working? I think sometimes it can. We might have big plans of some kind of direction and and plan, maybe even a ministry that we're looking at doing and, and suddenly, man, different things happen and it just doesn't work out that way. Now we can fight against these. Sometimes we need to also definitely look and see, well, is that the enemy that's doing that? Is that the enemy that's throwing something at us, trying to slow us down or get off track? We definitely need to see that. But there's also those times that we say, man, I think the Lord's just stopping us, just holding this back for a while. It says in that same passage there in Acts 16, it says after we had come to Messiah, we tried to go to Bithynia but the Spirit didn't permit us. So again, he's, he's directing them in a way that, well, our desire, our plan, our purpose was to go and do this. This seemed like the good, right thing, but God said no. And God says no in a lot of different ways in our lives, and I think that we need to be very open to hear that. Again, with the same caveat as what I said before, making sure it's not just the enemy that's coming in, throwing a stumbling block, throwing something there that you, you know, well, is, is, are they willing to persevere through that? Are they willing to, again, go through the hard times for this to happen? We need to make sure that what we're doing in the direction that we're going is led by the Spirit of God. And if there's a block in our road, is it the Lord or is it the enemy? We need to be praying. We need to seek those things. And I believe that when we're seeking his will, when we're seeking his direction in our life, we've got to be flexible. We've got to be willing to go in directions that may not make a whole lot of sense in the physical realm for us. If I wanna be totally obedient and open to God, there's gonna come times that he's gonna say, okay, I want you to do this or I want you to go there and it may not make any sense at all to us in the physical realm. But it's through those kinds of things that God really and truly gets the honor in our lives. All too often, in an effort to do something, we find ourselves moving forward without really honestly seeking or or truly hearing from the Lord. Well, I've got to do something, and so we're moving in this area, we're taking on this ministry, or or, or doing this uh, direction in our lives. Sometimes we make our plans, and then we ask God to bless them. Amen? Okay, I want to make sure I wasn't in my boat by myself. I hate being in that boat by myself. We come up with these great ideas, and then we pull together a prayer meeting and say, Lord, bless this idea. When what we should have done is had that prayer meeting long before we came up with the idea and say, Lord, what direction do you want us to go to? When that happens, when we start moving in a direction, and again, this isn't maliciously sinning. This is just, again, we, we think we come up with a, with a grand idea. We think we come up with a God idea, but God says, weren't mine, don't blame me for this one. And when we start going that way, when it happens in our lives, it sets us up for at least a couple of issues. Number one, we begin to invest our time and our resources into something that isn't what God desires for us. And thus, our time and those resources are expended going in the wrong direction. Maybe not in a bad direction, but it wasn't God's plan, therefore it wasn't God's 
best. Secondly, we can find ourselves to where we've moved outside of that perfect plan and covering of the Father in our lives. And so we open ourselves up to situations, to trials, to to failures, to disappointments that otherwise wouldn't have been in our past. I believe that, again, the covering of the Lord is over us as we live our lives. And I believe that we can walk out from underneath that covering. There's an old Pentecostal saying that says, man, I want to live under the spout where the glory comes out. You know, That's, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to live my life, right there. But sometimes we kind of move over to the side. Now, don't get me wrong. We often, even when we're doing the Lord's will, we're going to have situations. We're going to have trials. We're going to have failures. We're going to have disappointments. But you know what? I would much rather be under his will when those trials and disappointments come than away from his will when those trials and disappointments come. We're going to see shortly where even Paul, he seeks and he feels God's leading and direction, and yet he's still facing trials and attacks, even when he's going that right way, even while he's in the center of God's perfect plan. And again, We need to see that, yeah, tribulations and trials come, yes, even when we are doing the perfect plan and will of God. All you need to do is read the pages of your Bible. You see this very thing happening to faithful prophets, to obedient servants, to dedicated apostles, Old Testament and new. Even following the Father's plan, trials are going to come. But again, like I said, I'd I'd much rather be in the place of God's leading when those trials come, then off on my own. Warren Wearsby puts it this way. He says, there are two extremes we must avoid in this important matter of seeking God's will. One is to be so frightened at making a mistake that we make no decision at all. And the other is to make impulsive decisions and rush ahead without taking time to wait on the Lord. After we have done all we can do to determine the leading of the Lord, we must decide and act, and then we leave the rest to the Lord. If we are in some way out of his will, if our heart is right before him, he will so work that he will bring us under his guidance. The important thing is that we sincerely want to do his will. After all, he guides us, what? For his name's sake. And it's his reputation that is at stake. I love that thought. Lord, I've sought your will. I have sought your plan. It's not that I've just come up with this thing on my own. No, we've seriously, we prayed and we fasted, we sought wisdom, we sought counsel. We believe this is your will, Father, and so we are going for it because we trust you. And then go for it. And then do it. Step out. What's gonna happen? Is God gonna come up and say, ah, you dummy, and smack you and cause you? No, because God wants us to step in faith. He wants us to be people of faith. He wants us to walk out in those areas that, man, if God doesn't do this, we are sunk. And then he's going to show himself great and mighty on our behalf. Again, that's not in foolishness. That's not in our own wisdom. 
That's in just trusting God that this is the way he wants us to walk. There's no doubt the apostle wanted to come back and visit Corinth in a short while. That's what he writes to them and tells them. But the Lord actually had other plans. Even as he wrote this letter, Paul was in Ephesus on the other side of the Aegean Sea. His plan was to travel up to Troas, then on over to Macedonia, and then work his way down to Corinth. He felt he could winter there in Corinth since from November through February, it's pretty much impossible to travel in that area by ship. Yet with all of his plans, he remains open to the Lord's direction. Even way back in chapter four of 1 Corinthians, he told the Corinthians, he says, I'll come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, if the Lord wills. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in Christendom, there's a lot of uh, friends of mine that, uh, that, that are Christians that, that say, oh, you can't, you can't pray that prayer because that's a prayer of doubting, if the Lord wills. No, you just need to pray it, believe it, and go for it. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, no, I'm not sorry to tell you. I need to tell you, okay? That's the same prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. Father, if there's any other way, nevertheless, your will be done. This is the prayer of Paul. Hey, I'm gonna come to you shortly if the Lord wills. It's the word that we have. It's the word and understanding that says, yes, man may make his plans, but what, church? The Lord directs his path. The Lord will direct our path. It's that same understanding we even get from James when James, the half-brother of the Lord, writes to us in James chapter four, beginning in verse 13. He says, come now, all of you who say today or tomorrow, we're gonna go into such and such a city, we're gonna spend a year there, we're gonna buy, we're gonna sell, we're gonna make a profit. He says, we're at, you don't even know what'll happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. Instead, what you ought to say, and I love this saying, if the Lord wills and we live, we'll do this or that. Because we don't even know the number of our days, do we? So if the Lord wills and we live, that's what we'll be able to do. That's the direction we're looking at going. And so for the Apostle Paul, we find here, actually on into 2 Corinthians, that his plans were actually altered more than once due to a lot of circumstances that were beyond his control. After several trials and even after threats of death, Paul did finally make it back to Corinth, and yet he wasn't able to stay for very long at all. You know, Pastor Chuck Smith had this saying, I don't know if it was original with him, but again, I love the saying. It says, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. We've got to be flexible in our life. And about the time we stiffen up and say, this is all there is, and this is the only way that we're going, that's when, again, we're, we're going to find ourselves cracked up. Not cracking up, but cracked up, okay? How true it is, as we follow the Lord's leading in our life, as we're open to his leading in our life, we eventually come to understand that we don't know the beginning from the end. And yet God has seen both of them. We forget the beginning. We haven't seen the end yet. And yet God is intimately aware of both. So why shouldn't our steps be surrendered to the Lord every step of the way? Every step of the way.
As we conclude our time here today on The Open Word, we'd like to thank you for listening. We hope that the words Pastor David has shared from the book of 1 Corinthians have touched your life and that you're eager to dive into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We'd like to invite you to join us again on The Open Word, but you don't have to wait to hear more messages from the Word of God. With details on how you can listen online, here's Pastor David. Hey, thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take the Open Word with you on the go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound, biblical-based teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at TheOpenWord.com, be sure to click on About for information about the ministry of The Open Word and more about Pastor David. There's also a link to Pastor David's blog, another great resource that looks deeper into what the Bible is teaching us. That website again is TheOpenWord.com. That's all the time we have for today here on The Open Word. Join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Corinthians. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a blessed day.